So good to be in the house by faith. Who's enjoying by faith so far? Anybody? Anybody being stirred up a little bit to live by faith? Can be a challenge, right? Once we start pushing into some of these areas of living my life life by faith, can start to start to challenge us, and that's a good thing when we feel a little bit under the pump. It's a good thing. And uh, so this morning we've got when it seems impossible as our bit of a theme for the morning. And uh, just thinking about just that, when it seems impossible, can go to many a times when it seems impossible, right? Straight away, you might just have flashbacks to moments in life when uh, life didn't seem easy. And it didn't seem easy because it maybe wasn't easy. Or maybe right now you're going, right now, I'm against the brick wall or I'm against my ceiling or I'm, I'm stuck in this dark tunnel going, have dinner with Jordan and Caitlin and... Might just be what you need, just let them just come through and take you out. <clears throat> or you take them out for dinner. But but the old saying, when the going gets tough, the tough run away. Right? When the going gets tough, when it seems impossible, we're we're dealt with this. We're left with a choice of when it seems impossible, I can just turn and walk away. I can shrink back. I can freeze. We're left with choices when we're up against it. And when when we're up against it, when it seems impossible, it's when some would say our true character is revealed. Because when things are, when we're faced with something in crisis, when we're faced with something that we just can't see a way forward. And you can't just seem to get to the bottom of the issue, whether it's at home, whether it's in your marriage, whether it's with your kids, whether it's in your business, whether it's with the boss that you just can't get through to, whether it's with an employee that whatever the context is, when it seems impossible, we're faced with a choice of what do I do next? Galatians 3, 1 to 3 says this, You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law? Or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? See, when we're we're up against it, when we come into a time where things look impossible, you foolish Galatians, You foolish, 
Pandorfians. It doesn't quite have the same. <clears throat> trying to think of a town in, around the hills that it now works for, but we won't. Nannians. Nanites. You foolish hillbillies. That works. I like it. You foolish hillbillies. It's like, when, when we come into this time and this season, which we all go through, after beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? And it got me thinking about those, those moments when, you know, when you get the, the waves of life, right? And we've, we've, I'm sure we've all seen something similar to this before, but when, when you're up here, your prayer life is normally down here, right? Because everything's great. I'm doing wonderful. I don't really need God at the moment. And then life starts to come down a little bit. And so our prayer life starts to come up because, well, hang on, I need God. And so we naturally start to pray more. We're up against an issue. There's something coming up. We've got a big decision to make. And so we start to pray more, right? And so in our prayer life, and then we're, generally there's a crossover point where our prayer life is at its highest because we're at our lowest. Okay, not lowest mentally or not lowest physically, but we're in our biggest need. This decision is next week. This exam is next week. This moment next week. This is when I'm deciding whether I buy that house or not. This is when I'm deciding whether I step out, whether I sell my house and start a business or whether I sell my business to buy a house or whatever. Like whatever the deal is, we're praying the hardest because we're not at our lowest, but we're at our biggest moment of need. And then, then we start to see the breakthrough. We start to come out the other side and naturally our prayer life starts to just, I've got what I need. I'll just re-ramp up that conversation. It's like when you're having conversations with your bank, right? You're not just constantly on the phone to your bank. All right? And so it'll be great. Pray continually. We have that scripture up during our prayer time there just to pray continually. But the reality is that not many of us do, right? I go through seasons. Pray continually, yes, you know, I might pray every day, but, but there's moments in my life when I start to go, I'm going to pray more. I'm going to ramp up my prayer life. And that's what I'm talking about. So I'm not saying we're not praying at all down here or we're praying lots up here or life's, it's like or prayer request comes through from someone in our connect group or someone in the church or some family member or whoever it is, you hear about something, you go, you know what, I'm going to pray and I'm going to fast for this person. Pray and fast for this reason. And so we, we ramp things up. We get stuck into the spirit and we let go of the flesh. But then there's those moments when, when we just try and do it by ourselves. There's moments when, I, when I'm just going, you know what, I can do this. I don't need... And it's not a thought process that I go through of God, I don't need you. But the reality is we all have those moments, right? Where we go, I can do this, I can handle this, I've got this. I don't need your help, Dave. Stay out of it, I've got this. But the reality is I need Dave. The reality is that, that without the encouragement from Dave, that I can't get through. The reality is without Dave encouraging me, 
it's going to take me longer. I might eventually get through, but what if just a simple, hey, Dave, I'm struggling in this area at the moment. And he says, no worries, John, I'm praying for you, believing with you, you've got this. What if that just brings me forward a day in getting out of my, when it becomes impossible? That's by faith. Living by faith isn't just, oh, I'm going to shrink back and I'm going to sit in my little drum cage by myself, soundproof, no one can hear me. I'm going to drop a curtain down so that no one can see me as well. And I'm just going to hide away in there and I'm going to pray and I'm not going to come out until I've got my answer. It's like, that's, that's not how the world works, right? We still have to front up to that family function. We still have to front up to work the next day. We still have to front up and face the things that we're facing. And so we've got this battle. We've got this battle going on constantly as a Christian. We've got this battle going on constantly as someone who's living by faith because we're trying to balance the spirit and the flesh. We're trying to live this life where, yes, where there's ups and downs of both and they come and go, but we're trying to get something that looks a little more flatlined, something that looks a little more streamlined because that's what we're trying to do, right? That's what we're trying to do. But, but the reality is we're always going to have the flesh that's coming against us. All right, the reality of that this week if you volunteer in our church, you will have received an email with our code of conduct. <clears throat> All right? The reality is we don't need that to live by the Spirit. All right? The code of conduct, but, but don't we have the Bible? Don't we have this, there's plenty of things in the Bible that we could say that's how we live our life. And so as a Christian, I don't need a code of conduct. I don't need a set of standards because this is my standard. I'll live by the Bible. Spirit. But the reality is, we live in a world that says any volunteer in any organization in the year 2024 needs to sign a code of conduct to say this is what that working with that organization they're going to do. And so we've got this battle going on between the spirit and the flesh. And when it seems impossible, it's like, oh, what do we do? And so the code of conduct's been something that has been in the background of our thinking and processes and just working through for the last couple of years as we've just tried to navigate, but we don't need one in a church. And we've put it off and we've put it off and we've put it off because well, why do we need it? We don't, need, we don't want our volunteers to have to sign another piece of paper. We don't want our volunteers to have to think they're bound by these we want to make it as easy as possible for volunteers to serve without having to stick something in. It's just this whole deal. Of, but the reality is, if you go to the Adelaide Oval, if you purchase a ticket to go to the Adelaide Oval for a sporting event, for a concert, for a, anything you go to Adelaide Oval for, you buy a ticket, you tick a button on that online purchase to say that you agree to the terms and conditions, right? Inside those terms and conditions is a code of conduct for entry to Adelaide Oval. You've just signed, by ticking that box, you've signed a set of standards that you're going to adhere to to rock up to the Adelaide Oval so that you can go to your lunch, go to your sporting event, go to whatever it is. All right? If you go into a certain area of Adelaide Oval, then you've got to wear a collared shirt. 
You've got to wear closed toe shoes. You've got to wear that. You've got to do that because that's part of their code of conduct. Has anybody ever gone? Oh, I'm not going to go to that. Not going to go to that sporting event. I'm not going to go to the concert because I don't want to sign the code of conduct. So no, you, you just you don't even know you've signed one, but you do it. But there's this battle there where some people do get their little bit uppity about, well, who, who are you to say that I can do this or I can, you can't do that? But it's this battle that we face as Christians, as a church, that when the going gets impossible, when it seems impossible, when it seems like there's no way forward, we've got this choice of the flesh and the spirit. And so part of the reason for bringing the code of conduct into that is because we, it's obviously fresh and it's, if you're volunteering, then you've got an email saying, please sign it. Because it's something that legally, the flesh, legally we have to do. As a church, all of our volunteers have to sign the code of conduct. I just want to pause here for a moment from preaching just to also put out there that as a C3 church, we are part of, obviously, not just C3 Church Adelaide Hills. We're part of C3 Church Australia, and we're part of C3 Church Global. And uh, as part of C3 Australia, we have signed up to be part of a safe church um, program initiative. Um, can't actually the words just gone as to what it's called, network. Um, and so as part of that, we've got this safe church hotline that, is open and available to anybody. So our leaders all know about this. But I want to just take a moment this morning that this isn't just child safe, safe church hotline. This is, if you see an ongoing problem in our church and you go, oh, I've spoken to someone or I don't know how to bring it up or I'm not sure who to bring it up to or all those things and you, you're going, I don't know who to speak to here about it. Give this number a call. It's part of a greater network of um, churches. The Anglicans use it, the Baptists use it. There's a whole bunch of other churches that use these guys as well. And they are an organisation that has set themselves up so that they can help churches do the best they can to provide the best and safest environment for everybody so that they can come in to a church service and enjoy themselves and not feel unsafe. And so... That's up there. If you didn't get a chance to grab that number, um, contact us in the office and we can get that number to you um, at any time or speak to one of your leaders. Hopefully all the kids' team leaders, um, our youth team leaders should all have that number written down because they've been asked to write it down just in case they ever need it. I've rung that number a number of times over various things and uh, it's a great friendly team on the other end of the phone that just help you step through certain things and just help you understand something. So that is there if you need um, <clears throat> so yes, back to by faith. <clears throat> so when the going gets impossible, this message is tailored around our serve God. So we've said that throughout the year we're going to be focusing in on one of our core values. When the going gets impossible, where do you turn to? 
when the going gets impossible, do we do it in the natural or do we turn to the spirit? A little stat for you this morning. Currently, our church, with those who are 15 and over, our church has a 62% volunteer rate, which is not bad. About two years ago, it was sitting at about 75%, which is, again, not bad, but it's, we've dropped a little bit. And so part of that, I know, is that it's harder to volunteer these days. We've got codes of conduct. We've got now there's child, children's checks and all sorts of things that, that we've got to do. But when it seems impossible, do I go to a place of, I oh, know that's too hard? Or when it seems impossible, do I go to a place of, by faith, I'm going to persevere. By faith, I'm going to push in. By faith, I'm going to step out. By faith, by faith, by faith. When the going gets tough, do you choose to shrink back? Or when the going gets tough, by faith, we push on. By faith, the tough get going. But the choice is for each one of us. For me, I've made that choice. Yeah, but you're a pastor, so you have to make that choice. Well, yeah, I guess so. But I made that choice before I became a pastor. It's, it's not a, it's the chicken before the egg thing, although I've settled that one. Chicken before the egg, God created animals, right? He didn't create eggs. doesn't say God created all the eggs in the sea or on the land, he created animals and say, there you go, that one's sorted for you. There's my, <clears throat> there's my moment and I'll get corrected by someone, I'm sure, because it doesn't specifically say he created chooks. He might have, but anyway, that's stuff. <clears throat> but you've got to have, you got to put your stake in the ground somewhere, right? So is it, is it chicken of the chicken steak? Now we're talking. Now we're thinking lunch, aren't we? Chicken... <laughs> Is a chicken a bird or is a chicken a... Anyway, let's not go there. So, Joshua 24, 15. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you. Does serving the Lord seem undesirable? Well, let's be honest. There's days when, yes, it does, right? There's days when serving the Lord does seem undesirable. When I've got a bit of a sniffle. There's days when rocking up to the working bee to clean the gutters at church and to mow the lawn at church when my lawn's half a foot long and I've got foot-long weeds in my gutters, it's very undesirable to rock up to church for a working bee because I go, well, I've got stuff at my own house I could do. I could be tidying my own shed. I could wash my car. I can have a look at my car out. I could wash my own car. I just choose not to because then tomorrow I drive to school on a dirt road and then it gets dirty again. But, but there's lots of things, there's lots of reasons that I can bring into the mix to go, yep, yeah, I agree with this. Serving the Lord does seem undesirable at times. Then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates 
or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And so whether there's my own lawn that needs to be mowed, whether there is foot long, foot high, weeds in my gutters or not, whether I've got a little bit of a sniffle, whether I'm not really feeling like it, whether I've had a big night the night before, a big night for me these days is like if I'm out after 11 o'clock, I wake up feeling like, oh, I'm done. I just want to stay in bed, all right? I'm getting old, Tegan. I'm almost there. But it's like, if it feels undesirable, yeah, but it does. Someone's like, oh, I don't want to get out of bed. But I don't get out of bed because I'm the pastor. I get out of bed because as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. We've made the decision in our house. We've made the decision long before we became pastors. We made the decision, we are going to serve the Lord. And so rain, hail or shine, we're going to be here. Whether there's stuff going down at home or not, whether we're dragging our kids here because they're kicking and screaming because they'd want to just stay at home because they haven't been home all week, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And they get here and they have a great time and then they just get home again and they forget how good a time they had and they whinge that they haven't been home all day again. But isn't that right, Mason? I've got to be careful what I say now that you're in here. <laughs> but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And can I tell you, bringing that back to when it seems impossible, my testimony is, our testimony is, when it seems impossible, just lifting the eyes a little bit off of my current issue, lifting my eyes off of woe is me, because I can have, we went there last week, right? I'm not going to go back there again. You'll start to think I'm having issues. But I can have plenty of moments when woe is me. I can have plenty of moments when it's a little bit undesirable. I can have plenty of moments when I go, I'd rather be somewhere else. I could be somewhere, well, not I'd rather be. I would, could be somewhere else. But to lift my eyes up and go, do you know what? As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord by faith. By faith. By faith, when it seems impossible, by faith. When it seems impossible, to give in to the first fruits, when it seems impossible to give in to the building fund, when it seems impossible to bring my tithe to the Lord, by faith, here it is. By faith, here it is. By faith, here it is. Week after week after week, week after week, here it is. By faith, I'm bringing my tithe into the storehouse because as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so it's become a done deal. And so when the going gets tough, when it seems impossible, I want to ask you this morning, church, do you choose by faith? Or do you choose another option? When the going gets tough, the tough get going. When the going gets tough, the tough run away. When the going gets tough... People freeze when they're going. You can add in all of those, but there's a new one today that I want you to remember. When the going gets tough, by faith. When the going gets tough, I go to God. When the going gets tough, I choose to serve the Lord. When the going gets tough, I build his house and then he will build mine. He will build mine.
I'm going to finish with this. Romans 12. It's a fairly lengthy scripture. Chunk here. And I think we had some issues with getting it on the screen. It might just be a big slab of scripture. Yeah, it is. In this way, we are like the various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. Let me just read that again. Each each part gets its meaning from the body, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. That's us. We are his chosen people collectively here this morning. Each of us finds our meaning and function as part of his body. But as a chopped off finger or a cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much. So since we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts in Christ's body. So since we find ourselves fearfully and wonderfully made in his image. Let's just go ahead and be what we are made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we aren't. If you preach, just preach God's message. Nothing else. If you help, just help. Don't take over. If you teach, stick to your teaching and enjoy your holidays. If you give encouraging guidance, be careful that you don't get bossy. If you're put in charge, don't manipulate. If you're called to give aid to people in distress, keep your eyes open and be quick to respond. If you work with the disadvantaged, don't let yourself get irritated with them or depressed by them. Keep a smile on your face. If you serve on worship team, sing and play to the best of your ability. If you're one of our welcomers, greet people with the biggest smile week in, week out. If you serve on kids' team, love on our kids, bless our kids, train our kids, pray for our kids. If you serve on our coffee team, continue to fill us with liquid gold. Whatever you do in the house of God, don't compare, oh, this is more important than that. It's part of the body. It's part of the body. And so some people will see the kids as the lowest rung. Well, we don't need them. Some will see the worship team as, well, I can hear a message from God without worship. Some people don't like coffee. Some people don't need to walk in on a Sunday morning and smell that sweet aroma. It does nothing for them. Some people aren't getting twitchy by the end of an hour sermon because they haven't had their coffee yet. 
But there's someone that is. There's someone that is so passionate and loves worship that they couldn't think of stepping into an auditorium without worship to start their service. There's people that have just had the roughest 10-minute drive to church because the kids have been going off or they've been arguing about something. Right? We've all had arguments on the way to church. Whether it's with your kids or your spouse or someone else or just an argument in your own head. I've had all of the above. Sometimes all at once. But when you walk in, And then you see that person standing at the door and they've got a big smile on their face and they say, hey, welcome to church. Do you know what? That that moment of disagreement, that moment of frustration, that moment of in the car, it's suddenly back here. It's in the memory bank because somebody's just distracted me from it with a big smile. Right at that moment, you are the most important, important person in our church. Because you've just shifted the atmosphere on someone's life and transformed their day. So don't feel, church, like when you're serving God, what you do isn't necessary, isn't as important as someone else. What you do is unique. What you do is to be part of the body. Apparently, without your little toe, it's really hard to stand up. Your balance is just completely so small and insignificant, right? And that kind of looks, when mine looks pretty messed up, kind of curls underneath and it's... Now people without... You can just picture my little toe. But it's... But it's so important so that I'm not... I don't know whether I just... Without a little toe, would I just fall... I don't know. But it's there, test it. All right, someone get (laughs) Let's do this. It's there for a reason, and you're here for a reason. Part of the body. If you're not serving, if you're not in part of the body, or if you call yourself at home, if you call this your home, but I'm not serving yet, There's volunteer cards out in the foyer. I'd love you to join and be part of what we do. Once a month, once a week, every week, whatever it is, there's people that serve for seasons and then they come off team for a little bit just because it's this constant battle of spirit and flesh, right? But we're all in this together. And so what I want to finish by saying as the band comes back up this morning is when it seems impossible, by faith, we stick together. By faith, we stick together. You don't want to be the little toe that's chopped off or with the the Lego blocks that Emily had up here before. Yeah, you like that? Lego. I'm not converted at all. Just so I'd see if anyone was listening. The Lego blocks. You put them into a wall. Pastor Bruce did it in that message a number of years ago. Once you're in the body, once you're in the wall, the only way to get out 
is to pull people apart. It's not that we're here for life because you look around and there's plenty of people over the 28 years that have come and gone. And that's the reality of doing church together. But can I encourage you, church, when you're here, give it your all. There's churches around and there's places around that you go and you just sit. This isn't really one of them. We value people being part of the body. We value people being part of the team. We value people being about what we're about. So can I encourage you? Jump on a team. Have a conversation over coffee with someone today about, hey, what can I do? There's not just Sunday things that need to be done. There's people that serve during the week. And there's a whole bunch of capacity and conversations that take place in amongst that. A bit like the working bit. There's people that couldn't come and physically do stuff but they provided morning tea there's people that came during the week because they couldn't make it on Saturday there's people that said I'd love to be there but I can't make this one there's all sorts of different conversations and things that take place but what I'm getting across this morning and I hope I'm getting across this morning is we're in this together we're part of the body part of his body and so Father I just pray for every person here this morning. God, when the going gets tough for each one of us, by faith, help us stick together. God, encourage us, challenge us this morning to be part of, to be in, thank you for every person who's put their hand up and said count me in I want to be part of the team God I pray for those for those that are having a a break at the moment due to health or other issues other deals other things God we just stand alongside them praying for them, believing with them for breakthrough in Jesus' mighty name. God, I pray for healing this morning. Every person who needs healing. In the mighty name of Jesus. God, we speak healing. We declare healing. Over broken bodies, over broken minds. love you to just place your hands where you need healing. Father, I just pray. God, fill 
your people this morning. Heads, shoulders, knees and toes. God, and everywhere in between. Father, we speak healing in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Transformed minds, cleansed bodies. Holy Spirit, come. Father, fill your people afresh. If you need further prayer, then please, during the song, after the song, some of the team will stick around down the front. Please come forward and don't leave without thinking, oh, I wish I came down. Make today the day. If you're not serving on a team or maybe you want to jump on a, a new team, try something different. Then grab one of those join a team cards from out in the foyer. They've got a little QR code on them now as well, so you can do it online as well. Or instead. We would love to have you part of a team. Helping make this place what it is. Let's stand, let's sing this morning. Let's go have great, meaningful conversations over coffee, right? <laughs>